Uh oh. Hey guys. What's up? It's Pops again. I'm here with uh, a powwow with Pops. Coming to you not live, but streaming, of course. Working on the live part. Uh, working on that, that YouTube live show. Trying to get that money, but that'll, who knows how well, that'll work out. But uh, I'm here in New York still. I'm on my podcast tour. Uh, it's Friday the 18th, 2016. In the year of our Lord. Um, and uh, I have someone here with me today who, if I'm not mistaken, I probably met in 93, probably, in Sarasota. Uh, and uh, ever since then, I've somehow has, I've kept in touch with her all these years. Uh, one part through bands, uh, visiting her in certain areas when she was so kind to let us dirt, bunch of dirty bearded dorks stay at her house when she was in college. And, for a small uh, price. Yes, for a very small price. Our souls. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, no, she's uh, been a great friend. I've always enjoyed her. She's, uh, she's one of those people that I do think about a lot because she's uh, always had a great sense of humor. Always had a real striving, um, striving force behind her. She always seemed like she wanted to move ahead and, and, and find, uh, I guess, uh, her true art. I guess you would have to say, Aww, thank you. which is uh, which is uh, you know an example and why I'm doing this podcast is because I, I, the, everybody around me that I've been lucky enough to be around have, have been artists in one way or another, and it's really uh, it's helped shape me as the person as I am today. And uh, so that person I'm going to introduce to you is Maya Contreras. Hi. Hi, Maya. It's good to see you again. Long, long time no fucking see you. I know. It's it's weird that it's been this long. I know, right? By the way, you look the same. I know. I, I made a deal with the devil. <laughs> the funniest part is he doesn't know I don't believe in him. Okay. <laughs> Keep that to ourselves. Yes. Yeah, sh- <laughs> Guys, you can make a deal with the devil even if you don't believe in him. <laughs> yeah, you can have that soul. Sure. I'm saying. Yeah, it's sure. all yours. <laughs> So, okay. So, Maya, we yes. met in Sarasota. Yep. Uh, I'm guessing around 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, were, what was the group of people we all knew? I guess it was... Uh... Well, I went to a performing arts high school, and so I was doing some acting. And that was at Booker? That was at Booker Visual Performing Arts. Right. And um, I sat at the actor table, and a, a couple of other guys sat at the musician table. Okay. And the musician table were some guys that ended up in this band called Kelly Green. Okay, yep, yep. But then they ended up in this band called, I, I think they're called Hot Water M- Muzak? Never, M- yeah, never yeah, heard of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they done well, <laughs> they apparently. They done well, yes. Um, but that's, and that's how we met, through them, and, um, <laughs> and we've known each other ever since. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, the, the funny thing is, is like, I remember a few times, like, I remember me and you went to a movie once at Golf Gate Mall. Yeah. We were hanging out. I forget what movie I it was. I forget what movie it is, too. And then we had that fun little interaction with the redneck uh, security guard because he called the kids out in the uh, parking lot colored. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got some colored kids out in the parking it was, lot. It was Florida. <laughs> yeah, it was Florida. It, it was Florida. I know, but me and you were still like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. In 1992, I mean, we, that's I mean, the, like, you know, what one we weren't putting it up. We weren't putting up with it then. Yeah, we still don't put, put up, up with, with it, it now, now, you know. Yeah, but no, exactly. uh, I don't know how much. I'm hoping Florida's changed a little. I don't know. You guys got that Governor yeah. Scott guy. Yeah, Skeletor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
He feeds on children's he blood. He does. That's and good. old people's vertebrae. Exactly. And their insurance money. I was going to say. But, uh, so, um, all right. Um, were you originally from Sarasota? I wasn't. I was actually born in Denver, Colorado. Okay. And then I moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico when I was a little kid. And then I ended up going to Sarasota. Why moving so much? Were your parents... Sad. Sad reason. Okay. Um, you don't have to go sad. No, no, it's okay. No, it's okay. Make it um, as unsad as possible. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, my dad actually played for the Denver Nuggets, and that's why I was born in Denver. Okay. He was actually drafted to Cleveland, and so I would have been born in Cleveland. And that's I would have... That's from. There, see, there you go and um, I mean that's what I'm saying so I could have been a Cleveland kid yeah. I think I would have been tougher if yeah. I was born in Cleveland the, the Cleveland people are tough yeah they are because of the Browns yes yes because you have you to live be. with disappointment yes you know? uh, <laughs> but, I tell her that every year and see there you go but uh, then I moved to Albuquerque and I love New Mexico it's gorgeous out there and unfortunately my mom passed away when I was a teenager okay. so I moved to Sarasota I moved in with my aunt and um, when I got to Sarasota uh, there was a performing arts school, and my aunt said, is that something you'd be interested in? I said, yes. And uh, that kind of, not changed the course of my life, really, but it kind of solidified where I wanted to be, which okay. was in theater and around creative people. So at a young age, you definitely felt a, uh, the pull more towards the uh, artistic side of things in the Always. world than anything. Right? Always. My mom was actually a jewelry maker, and okay. my dad uh, my dad had no creative bone in his body. I think that he wanted to be creative. But right. my grandfather was an artist who has his paintings are actually in galleries all over the world. Oh, wow. He was part of the Ghost Army uh, in World yeah. War II, which was a secret division yeah, yeah. of people that did um, artist tactics. He was friends with Bill Blast, the oh, wow. designer, which is super weird, and um, he, him and my mother showed me from an early age that uh, creativity not only was an important part of everybody's life, right. um, but that it was a worthy way of yes. living your life. Okay. So and I thinking as well, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, it instilled something in me, and it was funny because I kind of thought everybody grew up that way. That was my right. first naive yeah. thought. Um, a lot of people have thought of creativity as something that should only be looked at as a hobby and not as um, something that you could actually pursue for your whole life. Right, right. So luckily I think I was instilled with that um, you could pursue it your whole life. There wasn't a limit to it. My family was the people who was like, no, just working class, you don't act, you don't, you, people like us don't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like that's how I came up. Like, I believe because it. Because I wanted, that's what I wanted as a kid. I was right. like artist, I want to be a fashion designer. Yeah, when I told them that, they were like, well, you're definitely not going to do that. Well, let me ask you, then did that discourage you for a long time from getting in it? Um, it, it, it really, they broke me, I think. Oh, what broke no. me was is because, I mean, like, I was planning to go to Ringling Art School, and I busted my home mm -hmm. in, in high school, especially with my AP art class right. and everything. And I really, like, through 11th grade and 12th grade, I definitely brought my grades up to a point where it was a little bit more respectful and made them thought that maybe I was a little bit serious about it. Yeah. But, you know, um... Being someone with hyperactive anxiety, ADHD, uh, who runs around and, and, you know, people like that tend to change their minds a, a lot. But that actually but makes a always, perfect artist, yeah. to be honest. Which, but everything was always artistic in nature, meaning like, oh, I want to play music. Oh, I want to draw. Oh, I want to be a fashion designer. Yeah. You know, everything in that, in that vein. It was never like, I want to be a diesel mechanic. You know? <laughs> I want to tear planes apart. <laughs> exactly. I want to pick tobacco first. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, but wouldn't that, that be kind of so great if that is what you wanted to do, but it's not. Yeah, but it's not. Exactly. Yeah, you know? So, like, in that, growing up the way they did, they were definitely, they, they, they pushed it down so that 
the day I graduated, I'm just like, all right, I'm ready for school. And they're like, well, uh, the Marines are MCC. Yeah. And then that's when my heart dropped. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, there went my, what I thought, because they told me the whole time, yeah, we're saving money, we're doing that, you know, the same thing that mm. the me generation like to do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're like, we're saving money for you, me, myself, <laughs> to buy a really nice car and go to Europe. Exactly. And then you could get a loan and go to community college. And pay it off the rest of your life. <laughs> no, my wife paid mine off. Oh, that's so nice. My wife bought me a car. Oh my gosh, score. Right? Score you. Score me, poor her. <laughs> Just see the gray hairs on that poor lady said. You know, you uh, give it back and love points. I, I do, I do. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, there yeah. you go. There's a lot to be there said is, for that. There is, I mean, I definitely, I definitely am, you know. See, money can buy love. It can. It can. <laughs> and if she gives Any me car. a little bit more, she can get more. There you go, there you go. She gets breakfast in bed every day. See. Equal, equal, totally. She mows the lawn. I paint the toilet. Are you saying? Yeah. See, equal. Because I, I love like it. Doing the lawn. I get that. She, she's like, I ain't cleaning the fucking toilet. This like, is amazing. I mean, that's beautiful. She's like, I think she married down because she knew I'd wash toilets. Like, he's done that. He's, his family's all about that. That makes total sense yeah. to me. He looks like a janitor. Always had like janitor. Cause she even called me a janitor 20 years ago because I had so many kids. That's amazing. I I will say this actually. My husband can relate to your background a little bit in the sense that. Listen, his family is a beautiful family, and they're my in-laws, and I'm um, married to him, so I'm required by law to talk, say nice things about them. No, I really love them. But he, but as they were young parents, and um, they were a little nervous by his creativity, because yeah. he went to Berkeley for music. Oh wow! So he plays several different instruments. But for them, they wanted to know what, where was, where is that going? Yeah, because right. a lot of people, and this is not, this is not a mark against them. This is what a lot of people think. If you're not on the stage winning a Grammy, you're not then you're not yeah. making it, which is not really the reality yeah. um, of most art. I mean, yeah. most art is people that are, um, that are, I mean, when I got to New Continual York. Continual struggling? <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know. That's a part of it. I this is the thing, is, I, I was, I got to New York in 2003, and I, my first job was working at Second Stage Theater. And it's the second biggest off-Broadway theater. And I was the house manager, which is a fancy way of saying I babysat the theater to make sure it didn't burn down, okay? And make sure that people don't fall, you know, when yeah. they come to theater. But I got to meet a lot of fantastic actors like Bobby Carnival and all these great people. Wow, okay. And I would have conversations with them, and they would come drink in my office, and we would talk about um, kind of the theater scene in, in New York. And from that, it demystified a lot about the entertainment industry right away because it okay. showed me that these brilliant amazing hard-working actors writers directors you may not know their name but you might have seen them you see how mm -hmm. hard they work yeah. and I will say since I'm name dropping let's keep going with the name dropping I love it. Um, when I was managing um, I, I got headhunted to this place called Columbia Artist Management and I ended up being on the management team for Marvin Hamlish you wrote oh, a chorus wow. line and um, I never heard of it. <laughs> so it's about people kicking and kicking on the stage. Oh, okay, okay, the kick yeah, on the yeah, stage. Yeah. 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 I think I've seen that. Um, so we, I was with him in Boston because at that time he was taking over. Um, uh, Bob, <laughs> kicking, kicking. Kickin'. They were taking. Uh, he was taking over um, Doc Severinsen. Oh wow. Uh, taking over his pops tour. So I, had, I brought contracts with me to sign him, and I was <clears throat> sitting with him, and he said, Maya, are you happy with what you do? And I go, What do you mean? He goes, I'm just saying, you don't seem like the management type. And then I said, am I doing a bad job? He goes, no, 
you seem to have too much personality to be manager. Mm, P.S. Yeah. No offense to any manager. That's not a mark against you guys. The y'all motherfuckers don't have no personality. <laughs> I'll but say it. He saw something else in me, and I was scared to tell him that I wanted to be a writer. Right. It's hard to tell someone who wrote a chorus line that you want to be a writer. Yeah, definitely. I would imagine. Yeah. And then he said... I would like to write a story, Dick and Jane <laughs> go walking exactly. somewhere. But he encouraged me. He said, my, you know, it's not too late for you to do that. Yeah. But what I learned from him, what I learned from all these different artists was their work ethic was really there. Yeah. And some of them don't become as well known. That doesn't mean that their artistic integrity isn't there. It doesn't mean that the art isn't there. It doesn't mean that they this don't touch people lives. people aren't there with you on that wave. Yeah, like exactly. That and it really did mystify the industry to me as far on, on lots of different things that some people get lucky, some people don't. There's, yeah. there, you, there's no rhyme or reason. But regardless, to me it showed that if you're doing this, it's because you should have some love for right. it and yeah, yeah. not have the expectation of success. Right, it should right, be right. something that you have said, I'm going to do this for the rest of my no life. Matter no matter what. Yeah. doesn't matter if you have a part I have a part-time job. I, I still manage an artist uh, yeah. two days a week. Um, I'm very lucky. I work with... Um, I get to work with like Anna Trebko, who is oh, yeah. who is like the rock star of the opera world, yeah, 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 yeah. and all these wonderful opera artists, um, um, and for South America, and that grounds me in knowing the business still, but it also allows me to be a writer the other five days a week. Right, right. So you do need to find ways to survive while doing it. There's no. I think a lot of people always think um, you're. If you have a part-time job, if you're doing something else that's you're not making it, that has nothing to yeah, do yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I love writing. I love performing. It's so much part of my life that I just am happy to do it the rest of my life. Okay, so that means, uh, okay, after you graduated high school, yeah. uh, you moved to Tallahassee uh, right I after that, right? I moved to Florida State. I went to Florida State <laughs> University. No rednecks there? Mm, not not <laughs> even one. Um, so did you, when you went to school there, was it for, did you go to school for writing and, and that stuff? I went to school for theater. Um, okay. I was in full scholarship for, for BFA theater. I did not know that. And... Um, um, okay, so I'll tell you, this is the first time my heart got broken about theater. Um, and then totally changed around when I got to New York. No offense to Florida State University, but their, their theater teachers were trying to prepare us falsely for this idea they had about what the film, the film and television and theater industry would be. Okay. I'm a curvy, black, Latina woman. Yes, they told you are. Me, <laughs> they told me that I needed to be very thin to be an ingenue character. Oh, fuck. I know, yeah. And, this um, is real world. Yeah, it was ridiculous. They also, <laughs> wanted, they also wanted me to be okay with playing stereotypes. I told them that I wasn't okay with it. And it was the first time where something that I had... I was drawn to theater originally because of Sam Shepard, because yeah. of Shakespeare because of all these wonderful writers and they made it not artistic but really just about the outside of right, you right, right, right. and I understand that there's that's a part of it I get that you it's part of your instrument you have yes. to look good that's okay but they also changed it into just just a commodity right so they're so pretty much they're creating this checklist of what you're supposed to be yeah. and, and what they think people expect from you when in, in, in honesty the artists themselves know listen 
if I just put my work out there, I know, I, I, you know, it doesn't matter what the fuck I look like. I'm yeah. gonna, my work's gonna still come across. Absolutely, and you'll see that when you watch. Um, you'll see different actors who have different looks and different personas. That, that's but, a question I want to yeah. ask you. Yeah. It's so fucking easy for them to fucking throw a fat dude on a fucking stage, mm-hmm. or all these other fat fucking like misogynistic ideologies. You know, all the shit out there in the yeah. world. But yet they won't. It's frust- I mean, to me, mm-hmm. they won't put all different figure size women on, on there with with strength and, 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 and that are strong and, and, and do their own thing. And, yeah. You know, like yeah. there's always like you're, it's always you have to rely on the man a little bit. There's always this little bit of a connection. Yeah. And they don't allow. I think that that keeps a lot of um, women in America probably from yeah. even wanting to become artists because they don't think maybe they would have the ability because. Of what they see and absolutely. what, you know, that whole bullshit. <clears throat> oh, yeah, absolutely. All I the mean, boxes they put you in and yeah. check this, check this, and mm-hmm. if you're right for that, you go here. And 100%. That's been happening for a long time, and the only solution <clears throat> that I found is that being proactive on the other side, being a writer, being a producer, or being a director, more women just need to get involved in yeah. those areas on the other side. Um, I... I it's weird, but I feel being a writer is kind of political in a way because mm-hmm. the last two plays um, that I had produced, um, you know, the majority of the people were women or mm-hmm. ethnic women, and I made a conscious decision to do that. Yeah. And um, as well, I, I mean, I as from from an artistic person, I as well you should. Yeah. It's, it's, it, oh yeah, absolutely. It makes and total sense. <laughs> I think a lot of people like my husband is a writer. Sorry. I like the snort. I like the snort. Um, one of the things that my husband is the writer, and he's a very conscious person and then he you can read, say what's your husband's name? Oh his name is Bobby Crace. Bobby and, Crace. And okay. he, shout out. Shout out. He's a uh, fiction writer and you know he's he's read um Taneshi Coates and he's read um uh, Juno Diaz and and from the, reading, these are books? These are these are wonderful writers. Yeah I don't read books. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> these are wonderful writers that write about race and okay, um, right and on. diversity and my husband is a white Italian man and it made him very conscious about the characters he was creating in his books because he right said on. his original writing he said God I might have a whiteout in some of my books yeah. and he said I, I, I and it wasn't done on purpose he said it was something that I it's was it's a social construct yeah and he was seeing that in his perfect and then he said these things opened him up yeah. I opened him up to that so that's why I don't want to get angry necessarily it's just like people who are prejudiced racist I say this, let's give them a chance to be exposed. Let's give them a chance mm. to hear about these different things. And mm-hmm. if, they, if that opens their mind, fantastic. If they are exposed to these things and they still decide to be that, then they're racist and they're ignorant and there's nothing you can do right. about it. But My family. Yeah, but, there's some people, <laughs> but there's some people that if they just were, this is the thing. I, okay, and especially during this election. Yeah. A lot of people get talked down to. And I, I've talked to on the Twitter on the Twitter, oh, yeah. uh, I've talked to uh, people that are voting for Trump, and I've talked to people that are voting for Bernie, and I've talked mm-hmm. to people that are voting for Hillary, and uh, that yeah, are voting for Jill Green. Yep. And um, we no, have no, these conversations. <laughs> I was like, Val, if you are going to do that, you, I could have just told you all to vote for Pop. I, exactly. There you go. Come it's on, true. It's very true. It's true. Next time, if you want, if you want a half woman, half man, <laughs> I'm the one voting. Right, right, it's right. Pops in. Right, pops in. Pops from Gainesville, Florida. It'd be perfect. But um, he loves everyone. I realize that a lot of the, th- the things that people, and this is across the board with everything, a lot of people feel that they are not heard. Yeah. They and they feel that they're getting 
talked down to or they feel excluded. A lot of people's insecurities really come out during this election season, during everything. Mm-hmm. That's in the cross of our life. And I feel that I, my in-laws are conservative, and we are able to have political discussions with no arguments, whatever, right. because I respect their opinion, I respect their point of view, and they respect mine. Right. And so it is possible to have these conversations. And then when you hear people screaming and yelling at each other, it's usually because there's a sense of fear there's usually a totally. sense of... I can tell you that for growing up in a racist home, it's nothing yeah. but fear. Yeah, it really it's fear. Is. It's fear-based. It, it, and, and, and the, and the, oh, <laughs> what's so funny about the fear is like, you guys, I was like, okay, let me explain population to you guys for a second, okay? There's 160 million white people. Mm-hmm. There's only 35 million black people. Yeah, yeah. What are you afraid of? Yeah, you of course. You control everything already. You set the society up the way you chose yeah. to. For, you know, so it's like yeah. the fear part is just like that. What's so funny to me that people can have that fear when they've when they've noticed for 400 years that nothing has changed. You know, uh, like of course. In one way or another, it has and it. Yeah. Society has, you know, of course, come to how we see it now. Absolutely. But it's still. As you say, that fear, as you can tell, because of the, the Trump. You yeah. Know, you can tell yeah. that there's that fear. Like, those people who usually never probably have voted in the past 20 fucking years yeah. but have sat on their couches and complained the yeah. whole fucking time yeah. without doing a fucking thing, and then mm-hmm. here comes this wacky dude that they saw on the reality show. Yeah. Like, I mean, fuck, if he picked Honey Boo Boo for his running mate, they'd win. It, it, it's, and they'd I, be yeah, in there, dude. It's so funny. I <laughs> bet you they'd let her sell Girl Scout cookies again if she won. <laughs> mm, Girl Scout cookies. Um, I mean, I have to be honest. I have, I have like a lot of hope still. Yeah. I think a lot of people. I was talking to my brother, Mondrian. My brother's names are yes, Mondrian and Matisse. My brother Matisse is conservative, and my brother Mondrian is Weird. liberal. I know it is strange, but <laughs> Matisse is somebody who works in tech industry. Uh, he lives in Georgia. Mm. Uh, he is around people that are looking at. Con- um, being conservative from a financial standpoint, not from a social one. Right. Okay, he's definitely not. Yeah, but see, that's the thing they don't even understand that financial conservatives either. If they even paid attention, that's trickle an, down economics. Then of course, and, that, and this is an old school way yeah. of looking at. Conser- I mean, these are old school conservatives. I have respect for my brother because he doesn't. I mean, he he believes in marriage equality. He right. has, these are he's not a conservative right. in that yeah, right. sense. He's just fiscally. But fiscally, yeah. he he gets really frustrated with this idea of um, you know extra taxes, obviously because it cuts into anybody's wallet. And people... Does he make more than $250,000 a year? I've never made yeah. over $20,000 a year, and believe me, I don't <laughs> mind paying taxes for streets and schools. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, because, listen, we all have to use all Absolutely. this shit, right? Absolutely. You know like, Absolutely. I mean, if you don't want to pay more taxes, then don't go to my schools and I, I'm paying taxes. Yeah, that's true. And this is the thing is, I think that we can have these discussions in a way yeah. that are... Let's talk about why you don't want to yeah. do that. Why don't you? And instead of going, you're an idiot. You know See, what I mean? I don't ever start from where or why. I always start from where. I, I start from the kids. Yeah. That's where I always go. It's yeah. not about me. Yeah, absolutely. It's not about me. Yeah. I I, 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 I am in the peripheral of society. I am mm-hmm. not really, a, you know, in any way, sense, or form. I'm not in the cool set. You know, it's like, it, it, it's about the kids. Yeah. You know. I agree. And, and as growing up over the years and paying attention as much as I had and taking sociology and doing the state and local politics and knowing how these assholes have yeah. to ran shit for 100%. all these years yep. and how it's done in the federal thing. America, we've never 
truly helped out the people that really needed help in this country. I agree. And people, if you want to be fiscally conservative, then you worry about all the money that we give corporations and NFL teams to build fucking stadiums. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. What's more important, NFL stadiums or children, five million children every day starving in this country? A hundred percent. I mean, and that's, this, that's where the kids is. I, you, and we've seen programs fall apart more and more and more since the 80s. I mean, I was yeah. one of those kids that was raised by a single mom. She worked three jobs. You know. And I was directly affected by Reagan's government because I used to go and get my little free lunch. Yeah. And I went from having an apple and some vegetables to a packet of ketchup. <laughs> because why? Because Reagan said yeah. ketchup is a fruit and a vegetable. And so he was able to take that. And then obviously, you know, they're wanting to privatize. And we all know. We know the game. We know what's yeah, going yeah. on. I mean, it's very clear now yeah, yeah. what their objectives are with privatization. We know all this. So but what it comes down to for me right now yeah. is that if we... The shouting doesn't do any good no, on either side, mm -hmm. and um, the the problem is, uh, for example, I'm going to talk about like let me talk about what's going on for on the Democratic side. The Republican side's a hot mess. I can't even make yeah, sense yeah. of it. But on the on the Democratic side, uh, what my frustrations are is that we have two candidates that are like I said, have voted together same way 93% of the time. We have had fruitful discussions about what the differences are. Yeah. Both candidates are pushing each other to have these conversations, which I think is fantastic. However, I feel that some of the people that are having these conversations on Facebook and Twitter, yeah. instead of coming together and say, let's let's talk about policy, which is not a very sexy, but no. let's talk about policy. And what, are, what policies are we all interested in? Right. And I think that when you have government, when you have... Uh, you know, Wall Street, where you have these things, where they've made things unnecessarily complicated. They've done that on purpose to shy people away no, from voting, to, yep. to, to for people to understand the financial sector. Mm -hmm. If we were able to simplify and say, listen, these are these are some of the policy issues that are happening. Yeah. This one has to do with infrastructure. This one has to do with health care. This one has to do with this. Let's talk about it and see what can get done. Right. What do we need to get done? We have bridges that are literally falling on people. Shouldn't we be concerned? So that, to me, I love. I actually love politics. It's like my sick, tiny obsession. It's disgusting. Right, right, it's right. my sports. Yeah. I, when when I watch BBC or Al Jazeera, not, we don't have Al Jazeera. I watch. Yeah. I watch Al Jazeera. And, and when I watch all of this, it, I I say I tell my husband I go my sports is on, so yeah, I gotta yeah. stop. Because I, I, I because to me I am interested. Now my only disappointment is. Everybody, we have 250 million eligible voters, and then we have the tiniest fraction of that actually voting. Yeah. And we have even a smaller fraction of that voting in the midterms. Yep. So when people are all complaining, I, I'm saying to you, to them, yeah. you know, you do still need to be involved. I don't know why we've... And I guess the one thing about Trump and the one thing about Bernie is that they have excited these people to want to come to the polls, but... At the same time, where are you guys during the midterms? I'll do another one, please. Do you want another one? Yes, I'll have the same. Thank you. I'll get this one. Oh, no, no, no. No, no. Okay, well, then I'll tip. I will tip him. I will tip. I will tip. I will tip. <laughs> we're, eat, we're having drinks. We need we need drinks. We're talking politics yeah. here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I get you 100%. You I mean, that's all. I mean, like, like I said, I, I'm excited, and it's like, um, your podcast listeners, let me just say I am voting for Hillary Clinton, but I'm very thankful for Bernie Sanders. Yes. I'm thankful for him because we needed to have conversations about about healthcare, about Wall Street. What does that mean? Would you have, uh, if there was a, uh, 
if Elizabeth Warren would have ran, how would you win on that? I like Elizabeth Warren. I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of people are going to be disappointed to hear this. She's actually very similar to Hillary Clinton. Now people are going to say, that's bullshit. No, Listen, she's on more. She's pretty similar. Yeah, yeah sure. and, and financially, they're yeah. both multimillionaires. And financially, listen, Elizabeth Warren is great. And I think there's a reason why Elizabeth Warren didn't run is because the kind of scrutinizing you go through during a, a, a um, presidential election is unbearable. Yeah, I, I literally, I mean, wouldn't you have like a nervous fucking breakdown during Dude, this? Dude, I'd be cussing at some people. I, I'd be like, listen, <laughs> I would tone it down. I would be mooning people. Yeah. I'd be like, you know what? Exactly. <laughs> you want this? You want this? I mean, it, you I have will to. I hug you to death. I mean, even I think even That's someone funny. like Bernie Sanders has got to have been like, damn, this is some deep rough. Up shit. Yeah, this no, is sure. rough. And uh, and Clinton has been going through this for 25 years. Yeah. And so um, I, I really think that Elizabeth Warren knows that she holds a lot of power and a lot of sway over where yeah. she is now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, you know, senators do have a massive amount yeah, of, yeah, of responsibilities and power. Mm -hmm. And so um, being president of the United States, yeah, it's symbolically obviously amazing, but at the same time, they're still held prisoner by Congress. Yeah, no, by everything. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? The made, the bureaucracy was made to be what it is. Exactly. Uh, kind of like a stalemate, I think. That's yeah. the thing to me about politics. That I've, I think, as I've gotten older and realized, it is—it's like a purpose. It's like the two wings on the same bird. They purposely stalemate things, and that's one of the funniest things about, like, say, Obama was saying something about like getting things passed. He's like, things take time. Oh, absolutely. Things can't change overnight. And I was like, the reason why things can't change overnight is because the system's set up for you to slow it down. Yeah. You know, yeah. most definitely. And Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad, believe me, uh, uh, put that shout out towards Hillary. I'm glad you're, you, did you already vote in the primary? Did you guys ever No, primary? no, actually, because uh, that, our, the New York's primary is coming up uh, next month. It's okay, in April. so you guys, yeah. so anybody yeah. in New York, no matter who you're voting for, yeah. please go out and vote. If, Absolutely. Even if you write your own name in there. Yeah, yeah. Just Absolutely. do it. Mm -hmm. And then pick, of course, also what's important along with that is that in the primaries you can pick, say, I mean, I'm sure you might have some local politics yeah. going on yeah. there as well. Yeah. Stay in local politics, folks, is probably where you have your most strength. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And th that's one of the things that I maybe have been a little bit frustrated about with this election is I have a lot of my friends that are really passionate, great, amazing people. And they say, well, we need to fix this top down. And I said, actually, we need to fix it bottom yeah. up. Yeah. And um, just all like 13 sovereign states, like down in the south, they're all super, super friends. Fun. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm just like, saying trickle down theory yeah. doesn't work financially and it doesn't work in political and politics either. Not, I mean, not the way it did, not how they did it in the 80s or how they tried to set it up. Because I think people know that what that is because it was made such a joke of on Ferris Bueller's yeah, yeah, day off yeah. that people know like hey, that's from Ferris Bueller you know and then like you read and you're like oh that's trickling down yeah exactly I was like shit ain't trickling down it's true I mean you know and that's why to me I, I my friends who are being really passionate about politics right now I love it and I want it to be I want it to be carried off I want to give him this is for truth and this is for you yeah, I'll get them. Thank you. Let's take them. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Cheers. Um, and that's why um, I, with my friends, with politics, this is what I hope. I hope that no matter what candidate actually gets the nomination, right. that it will encourage people afterwards 
to be involved locally. Even more. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and they don't have to necessarily run for office. No, right, right. But they could find out what's going on locally, or they could go, you know. Actually, I'm thinking about running for city commission in You should. I am. 100%. In a couple of years, I'm going to definitely do it. I've, I, I actually, thank you. Thank you. I got to know, uh, his name's Mark Sexton. He's the head of communications for Alachua County. Yeah. And uh, we talk, we're friends on Facebook, Amazing. and we're pretty tight, like politically minded. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have discussions about stuff on Facebook, and he's like one of us. See, that's the one thing. And uh, <laughs> the crasser trips me out. I love that motherfucker. But, you know, he's just like, I mean, he was right. He, we were having a discussion the other night, and he's just like, he's like, Jay, you know, He's like, it's, you know, we were talking about stuff, and he's like, you know, you're just, you know, you're a hit. He's like, you know, not because because of you, yeah, because yeah. of how you were raised, yeah. but you're a hit that, you know, does what most hicks don't do, and that's yeah. surround themselves with people that are a lot fucking smarter than they are. <laughs> You know, to learn yeah, shit. You yeah, know, it's like, yeah. I'm trying to get out of the pig mud here. Yeah, you know I love I mean? it, yeah. And it, it's like, in my whole life, I've been kind of fighting that thing. And it's like, yeah. it, it is true. I mean, I'm from New England, but my family were from the, like, up in the mountains of New England. And a yeah. farmer, you know, had a farm. Yeah. And my grandfather was in the mountains of West Virginia. They were loggers. So it's yeah. like super, yeah, yes, I'm hicky. Yeah. And then you move that kind of shit down to Florida. Yeah. And it gets really. Gets swampy gets, and hicky. Yeah. You, you have a toilet in the house, but now you have to put a rebel flag over the Amazing. You know, yeah, amazing. Like, that's awesome. It's like, how did you guys get this hickey? That's I, awesome. What happened to live free or die? That's so funny. You know, but yeah. you know, and he was right. And I was just like, and I think that's why my whole life I've. I, besides always wanting people just to, as the type of person that I was, I just wanted people just to like me because I liked everybody automatically and I always wanted to be around people. Yeah. And that, I think. Growing up and seeing my family and the way that they were politically and the way that they acted and the way that they talked, <laughs> excuse me, wasn't ever really, even at a young age, I was able to say not very that educated. Yeah. So when you get to a certain age, like I did, and I started surrounding myself with, like, like especially out of high school, I started surrounding myself with people in community college, yeah. taking my black, you know, like uh, sociology classes and history and, and getting the stuff. He likes the black stuff. people, by the way. I like, all like the people. I like all the browns. <laughs> All the browns. You've I, always loved the brown people. I do. It's because the white ones don't like me. They don't like me. Seriously, we were talking about this the other day. Uh, I, was, I was telling my wife this. And I've had this conversation with many people. Okay? Every girlfriend I've had, I think I've maybe had two white girlfriends, yeah. right? And they, one was a, like really Italian, thick, Sicilian Italian, curly, long. You know, she was thick as shit. Yeah. He was probably a little bit too young at the time in high school, but, you know, which now I could get in trouble for, actually. But thank God it was then and there was no social media. Oh, thank God yeah, there was really? no social media. Oh, thank God. God, I got so much trouble for oh, so many dick so pics. Many. Oh, my like, God, the Back worst. then you had to draw the dick pic uh, and then, like, send it to him in the mail. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't even want to talk. Imagine, like, some no uh, dick pic. Yeah, so embarrassing, right? so many. But I think that's why I surrounded myself with the people that I end up surrounding myself because I I could see on my family side how they were always downplaying artists and the liberal type of thing. Yeah. And, and those people don't know what the fuck. It was always like anti all the, this large, massive group of people that were yeah. artists and yeah. people that I found interesting. And so when I started surrounding myself with these smart people, I was like, man, I'm never going to stop doing this shit because yeah. I, it's very important. And I, and I don't think enough... I don't think enough white people in this country take the time, and I'm using my white privilege right here to speak out against misogyny and racism and shit right like mm -hmm. that, because that's the person I am. I got a Black Power t-shirt, I'll fucking nice. wear it, I, I don't like give it. a fuck. I like it. I support black businesses, yeah. I support Native American mm -hmm. businesses, 
uh, I try not to support as many fucking cracker businesses. <laughs> but that's just because, honestly, I mean, it's like it's one of those things. Like, I had more of a connection with the people that seemed to uh, care and love me mm-hmm. freely and, and non-judgmentally. Yeah. And that's, I think, why that always happened. Because, I mean, like, when I was younger, chase the fucking super blonde white girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, dude, I could, I, I could be at a table. I should, that's the best part. You have a Latin lady, a mm-hmm. black woman from Africa, Jamaica. I mean, like, yeah. all these various people. Mm. And then this white, blonde, American-German blonde. Everyone. Yeah. I could make every one of these girls laugh and yeah. smile at me. And as soon as I get to that blonde bitch and I say something, they go... Oh, that's like the shit look. Yeah. Like, I yeah. don't know what's wrong with you, but something's wrong with you that yeah. I'm not attracted yeah, to. Yeah, it's so funny. And I'm just like, what is... <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> I'm already over it. So it's like, yeah, I do. I, I like them. I, I like know. Them. So, From Puerto Rican and Haitian. Yeah. And Zulu Nation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, no, I love it. I, I think that, um, I think something that happened right now in our political climate, uh, especially, I'm going to say with, with, you mentioned feminism. I think something that we've made a mistake with on, on the feminist side and the liberal side is that. For the feminists, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe going to trace it back to Betty Friedan. Um, um, when, when, when they said uh, basically something negative against mothers, yeah. I don't think that they use. I think that they were they were speaking in a As way like a general. More they were of a general they were saying, they were speaking in a general way. And I don't think they meant to diminish the role of a mother, but. Right. They made it seem like, hey, you don't need to be a mother, or even that being a mother is a bad thing, or being a housewife is a bad thing. And I think that uh, feminism lost conservative women at that point because those women felt like their lives were inclusive into this movement. So at that point, we weren't saying, you know, listen, all women, all your choices are valid. If you choose to be a mother, if you choose to be a single mother, if you choose to not have children, if you choose to get married or not married... And I think the same thing happened with Democrats and liberals. I think during the 80s, we decided that we wanted to be, we wanted to push education, we wanted to push elitism, and then we lost the working man. And we lost them to Republicans, even though the message, I believe, of the Democrats helps the working person. Totally. You know? But I mean, I watched my family their whole life vote against their best interests. Exactly. But I think it is our fault a little bit it because is. we made them feel that they were included, that we were looking we at were other very, people. Yeah, Generation X, I think, had a big thing about, like, uh, that was a, that's a good call. I think Generation X played a big part in creating the ageism aspect in politics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially with Rock the Boat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they really, I think, at that time made older people feel like... Because I remember watching those those Rock the Vote things yeah. and like how they pushed on MTV, and I mm-hmm. could just remember like like my mom would be sitting there, yeah. and she'd be listening. She's just like, I mean, I could just tell she's like, they're not fucking talking to me. Yeah, like, absolutely. Me, like I, she's like, what the fuck's this? Well, shit? this like, and they, that's what I'm saying. It's almost like a negative response to to the, like almost the same thing that her generation did. Yeah. When they were hippies and uh, fighting hundred, against Nixon and uh, all that kind of thing. You absolutely, know? You nailed it. I mean, I. I mean, that's one of the frustrations is like, listen, life is incredibly hilariously short. Let's yeah. say one to a hundred. That's the max we're really we're going to get. Unless it's the one from the White House. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I got one. <laughs> she was dancing. Me and Jiminy Cricket. They got 120. 120. Okay, that's so one. let's say one to one, 120. Yeah. The thing is, everybody's life experience and everybody 
no matter what age you are, you're valid. You're here. Yeah, you're exactly. existing on this planet at the same time with these you're, other people. Your organism that's connected to all the other organisms. It's, it's valid. And so I think media and advertising, we've always uh, worshipped youth. And by the way, youth is beautiful and it's fantastic and my God, it's great. Yeah. But at the same time, middle age is great and yes, older people is. are eight. Like our, our seniors, our seniors are someone that have an incredible wealth of knowledge yeah. that we can always learn from. And I... And right now, being in the middle of that uh, yeah. makes me have appreciation for both yeah. my elders and my younger peers. So you're like 28 now? Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 28 and a half. 28 and a half. I was, and the funny thing is I, I have 28 and a half year old friends, actually, yeah. because I'm in New York, and so you have a range of friends in their ages. And... Um, <laughs> the thing is, it's interesting. They look at me as kind of like their Aunt Maya, I think, yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm right. their friend, and I can talk to them about about sex and all relationships yeah, 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 and yeah. stuff. But at the same time, they want to know what are my thoughts about being an older woman and, like, you know, growing yeah, and, and city, growing doing and everything. Your, doing Just, your shit. Yeah, you know, because all of us are as young as we're ever going to be right now. And yep. we're also as old, we're, and we're going to keep getting old if we're lucky. And we should... All value each other's experiences, yeah, I agree with you. and so and that's, that's a good a, point. and that's the thing is to me it's like I do value younger people's opinion and where they're at and passionately about how they're feeling about this world because let's think let's think about where they're coming from. Like with my my nephews and my nieces, first of all they're gorgeous. Second of all, I am scared to death for them with, as far as the environment yeah. is concerned. And then my twenty, uh, yeah, no, no, but I'm saying, but then my twenty year old people. Yeah. They are also really concerned, which makes me yeah. excited because they're the ones that are going to be influencing policy. They better be the motherfuckers that fix it. They, I, exactly, but I, but that's the thing is, it's like it, I'm glad that people are engaged. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You're you right, know, you're right, you're right. but at the same time, we should all be hearing and listening to, to one another. To one another. That's all. I mean, and maybe that's you, a little bit of a hippie you know, it's, thing, you know what, but you know what's so funny is I think you're bringing up some really valid points, and you're making me kind of feel like a bad uh, democratic socialist. No. <laughs> In the Why? Sense, no, well, just in the sense is because, like, I have a tendency, and of course, like, I don't know if it's part of my personality, but, I, you know, I like to play in the mud with the pigs. You know what I mean? It's fine. It's fun to get dirty. Yeah, Chrissy, but my wife is just like, she's like, listen, you know better, you feel, you know, just like, do what you do, but, you know, when you're discussing these things, just always make sure that you're letting these other people know, be, like, because, I mean, make them understand that they're, they're... Even if their opinion is different, it's still important. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because, I mean, I, I guess I've been so guilty over the years of doing that to people. And I mm -hmm. kinda, you know, look back, I feel bad for that shit. Because it's like, it's kind of like how my parents would, you know, had kicked the idea out of art out of me. And kind of yeah. blew the sail, wind out of my sails. Yeah. I think if, if people don't uh, take the time and are empathetic and sympathetic towards other people's ideologies, mm -hmm. you know, you, you're going to, you're going to, that's where you cause the, a fracture between people. And, yeah, 100%. And, and, you're not, and you're not really ever going to be able to actually get to a, a, a head of that point. 100%. And the thing is, part of being creative people that we are... Um, one of the things that's wonderful about creativity is that we're putting ourselves into the people's shoes. We're really thinking about people's experiences. Yes. And um, I think that's one of the most beautiful things is... Uh, really understanding where somebody else is coming from because their life experiences right. are informing what their point of view yes, is. Yes, 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 and yes, yes. so they feel, listen, if you're not listening to me, you're discounting what, what I've I been lived. through. Yeah, yeah, what I've seen before What you. I was yeah. hurt 
identify what yeah. I'm still dealing the pain with. You're de- you're dismissing my frustration. You're dismissing yeah. my choice. And so to me, uh, that is very like for example, my, my mother-in-law is a pro-life person. Of course, I'm pro-choice, yeah. but I understand why she would want to be pro-life. She has two sons that she loves. She's Italian. She loves his sons so much. You know, she cries yeah. every time she sees them. But at the same time, I I, I understand. I'm so just like China. I'm like. Forced abortion. Well, <laughs> I'm joking. 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 Yeah, <laughs> but but my, I really don't like it. No, <laughs> but with my with my mother-in-law, I understand. I understand where she's coming from, but at the same time, when I tried to talk to her, no, 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 but when I talk to her about my point of view, when I say pro choice, I'm saying, listen. Please understand that any woman that has to make the decision, that is the most painful decision of their life. It has repercussions. Totally. But I do respect why you feel that way. Yeah, exactly. But please respect these other people's feelings and what they've gone through. So that's all we're saying. I mean, this is the thing. Right now, you know, GOP... Everybody who's saying respect the Constitution, yeah, respect the Constitution. And if you want to be, if you want to get all American stars and types about it, but that's part of the Constitution yeah, yeah, is yeah. having that. That's so that, that's so that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah, I, I mean, but yeah, I mean that's why again I, I I I'm excited about this election season. I'm glad that these passionate opinions are flying back and yeah. forth. You know, and you I know? think they're a little less hateful these these times around than they were in 08 and 12 because I heard I, I remember seeing a lot nastier shit back then to be honest you're right I, I mean as far as race was concerned yeah, yeah. it was very it was oh, hard oh Christmas in my family when that home was fucking red yeah it, it was hard to take it was painful it was painful painful it was painful this time because um the GOP has been able and they have for a long time um with their type of verbiage they've been able to take a lot of our words um, and, and, and flip up, yep, right. yep, yep. and when that's what lawyers are for exactly and when especially like for example I'll say there has been a lot of sexism during this and um, kind of and it's been really hard to take and it's been disheartening to me by the way it's been most hard for me to see liberals yeah, yeah. Embrace that type of, no, of I language. You, I, you mean. I mean, because it's I, been frustrating. Anytime, the stuff that I disagree with Hillary about yeah, is yeah. nothing to do with her as a, a woman. At I all. absolutely. It, it's it's all it's all things that I just know that that are part of it. That the structure that she's a part of. That's it. And, and by the way, I disagree. That's just with my weird little. No, no, no. That's just my weird little. No, no. I have, it, and I know? have disagreements with her too. I, 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 don't believe in the death penalty for this main reason. Yeah. A death. Just if you, if someone commits murder and they ruin somebody's life, uh, killing them does not bring that other person that back. And it does not necessarily in someone's pain. However, that is an insanely complicated situation. Okay. Yeah. People don't. Yeah. People. I, I've seen interviews of people that after the, whoever's killed family members and they're like yeah I still feel like shit exactly exactly and that's what I'm saying and so uh, and, and that's for one reason and also people are um, innocent yeah. sometimes and we and so that's the horrible what? exactly so sometimes I didn't do it it's exactly Here? So, exactly so I disagree with her on that stance I understand yeah. where her wanting to be nuanced about it and have that complex that she's still supportive of her course. husband I'm totally fucking against yeah it's, it's frustrating because that is a comp- that's an amazingly complicated yeah, issue yeah, but yeah, this yeah. is the thing with all of these issues, yeah. all of these issues, there is more to the story Way than more. what can handle you in a so meme or yeah, a right. soundbite. And, you and, know? You know and, and, and I watched something that Bernie said in a, when they were during the debates. And mm. Bernie made a good point, mm. and which I think is what all politicians have to deal with. Yeah. When you get a bill, 
It's, it's not just one. Hundred percent. They pack yeah. a bunch of stuff. So it's in like, it. oh, this fucking sucks. Yeah, this sucks. Yeah, but yeah. this is gonna help women. Yeah. But so I have to do this and this. hundred percent. And he even explained himself that way. I get, and exactly. He's like, and he's like, that's what's the toughest part is because they need to figure out a way to fucking make bills. Yeah. Where you can't mix nasty shit in there. Of course. To make people. Vote this just happened with the it. omnibus bill that just happened. A, a oh couple, really? Yeah. This just happened. There was a bunch of stuff in there that's like fuck, but they had to, to yeah. pass it. Okay. And this is the thing is with the 1994 crime bill. Of course, we're, we were all just making out. Yeah, we yeah. don't remember what was going on. We're yeah, like, what's totally. happening? Yeah, um, but at the same time, <laughs> But at the same time, during that time, we forget crime was insanely high. You yeah, go to a party, high. people were just right. shooting each other. And the thing is, with that crime bill... Or which, headbutting or punching. I don't know who those which, people were. Which, you know, Bill... <laughs> exactly, exactly. I don't remember either. But Bill Clinton voted for it. Yep. And Bernie voted for yep, it, and the well. Black Caucus voted for yeah, it. Did. Okay, and this is the it's issue with lo- with what happened with a lot of problems with these types of bills is that we don't sometimes know what the repercussions are going to be until after this policy uh, goes and goes into fact. And that's yeah. I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. We don't yep. know, but that's what I'm saying. So yes, we could. That's why these candidates all can go back and forth, except for Donald Trump, who's never been a politician in his life. He's right. never done anything in his life. But, I think he's full of shit. I, uh, think it's it's gonna be, a, I, I think it's all fake. It's so ridiculous, of course. It's going to be a TV show. Absolutely. But that's why, to me, when, when we talk about politics, and I, when I want to have more fruitful discussion, instead of going, but you did, but you did, but you did, but you did. Yeah. It's like, okay, why did you do? Yeah. For example, my, the newest play that I've been writing about is about politics, and it's about Latin American coups. Oh, wow, cool. And so, um, because there's so many Latin American there coups. There were coups in Latin America? Couple, couple, couple. Weird. That the CIA hilariously <laughs> yeah, yeah. were totally involved with, you know? Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. it's and the thing is, it's like, you know, we were kids when the Oliver North arms trading yeah, shit the, was yeah, going down. Yeah, I remember watching that shit every day on CNN. I, I was in Washington, D.C. with my grandfather. who was teaching at American University at the time for art history. I had no idea what was going on. I kind of thought Oliver North was kind of cute. Yeah. So I kind of was all yeah, like, yeah. cute? What's well, happening? Like Sean Connery. Yeah. <laughs> the Sean Connery thing. But I was like, this is something's fucked up and then yeah. you, you get older and you're like dude you that's fucked up yeah, yeah, true, true, true. and so that's why to me again I don't hold politics in an ideal way I don't yeah, hold yeah. any politician in an ideal way there is no none of them have clean hands and we need to accept that and we yeah. need to accept it because that's, of part, how, of the, that's part of the game part of the game right absolutely you know so in in Tallahassee yep you got done uh, how long were you tossed? Four years? I was in there for four years. Four years. Uh-huh. Okay. And then as soon as you got done with Tallahassee... I scooted the fuck out of there to Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, so you went to the ATL. I made it. Yep. Okay. And then I went to New York. And, oh, no, I went to Gainesville. Yeah. So, so, so how long were you in Atlanta for? I was in Atlanta only for like a year and a half. Okay, what about Atlanta did not keep you there? Um, you know, this is so sad, okay? I'm sad and like hilarious. Right, I mean right. sad, hilarious. Um... I loved Atlanta. I love the diversity of it. I love there was a black mayor. I love that the head of the police was black. Yeah. Um, I had a great time. Um, this is the thing is, like I said, my mother passed away when I was a teenager in the 90s. And so I was... Um, Grief is something that I write about a lot. I was kind of underwater for a decade, to be honest. Okay. I know that sounds strange, but I no. was. And I kind of came, was starting to come back to life when I was in Atlanta. Um, and I dated a guy uh, whose parents were racist, hilarious. 
and um, we broke. <laughs> And we broke up. I have nothing against him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, it was the first yeah, yeah. time that's ever happened to me in my life. It was really weird. And then I had to think about my life. So what I went to the hell did you just break? It was really weird. They looked at me and they said, you better not have mixed babies with her. I was like, oh, um, memo, I'm already mixed. So. What's wrong? You don't want to improve your gene pool? <laughs> and then I went to go lick my wounds in Gainesville. I know okay. that sounds silly. That's why I moved to Gainesville because I was getting really? over a boy. That sounds so stupid. And that, that's why. I went to Gainesville and played music. And then um, I liked Gainesville because of everybody uh, playing music and um, the university scene. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I got to be in a bigger thing. And then uh, I moved to New York and never looked back really since. Um, I have nothing against Atlanta, I have nothing against Gainesville. I'm happy for both of these experiences. It's just when I came to New York, the kind of energy that's here uh, made more sense for me. Bam, do you know where it is? Yeah, it's right. I got her on It's straight down those stairs. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's um, this. I think maybe we're back here. Um, could they be? Wait, what do you We have a Pinot Grigio, a Chardonnay, or a Sancerre. I have a Sancerre. Right. Thank you. You just want like a regular, like just a decaf with red coffee or cappuccino? I'm like, it's a good cappuccino. Okay. Yeah, so decaf Americana. I'll find out. Hey, how's it going? Um, do you guys have a decaf? Do you have a tab open? Yes. Uh, Cyclus, S I K. Okay. Thank you. Do you guys have a decaf? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Do you have a
Yeah, I was having a pens moment. You what? I had to do a pee pee dance. <laughs> of course, there's some old men in there taking like a three hour shit. I'm That's like, awesome. Really? That's awesome. I was like, you don't do that in this type of bathroom. <laughs> this is like getting the fuck out, right? You never know. I know, it's like washing your pits. Jesus fucking. The ladies, they don't do that. Seriously, right? But okay, so you. you did Atlanta, it wasn't what you had, you were going through that thing, this experience of, uh, I was, you, you know, said that, that, those 10 years of just trying to find, I was looking for love in all the wrong places, it's really weird because oh, I think, I mean, no, no, I think it was a game, were you looking for love or were you looking for youthful experiences? Uh, no, I was definitely looking for love because at that point that's what I thought really? that's what I wanted totally 100% because I was looking for love probably since I was five to be honest I remember wanting that but then when I got to New York I was in a serious relationship God, you make me sound awesome No, no, no I got no, to no, New York great. and I totally became such a hooker no, 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 that's not what I meant. Slut. No, 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 that's not what I mean either. Um, um, I mean, out with girls and boys. I mean, I like, I, ha I mean, I like was like in a bathroom with two girls and like making out. I was having a great time. When I got to New York. No, I'm sorry. But listen, I handle it anyway. No, no. No, seriously, I, I was, I really did think that, that you know, the thing is, and I, like I said, I write about grief, and I think the thing is, when you feel like a, a, a loss, you feel that that being in a relationship is going to repair everything. Right. Okay? You yeah, feel yeah. that love. By the way, that's way too much to ask of anything and anyone. It's absolutely ridiculous right. and absurd. Okay? So when I got to New York, I was in a relationship with a nice guy. We ended up breaking up because I was just like, oh, I'm not sure if this is what I wanted. And he's still my friend, by the way, to this day. But then immediately, I think I made out with a German graffiti artist and then an Irish newspaper man and then two cute Latina girls. And then, and then it went on and on and on from there. And then I was like, oh, all I want to do is touch everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I was so wrong about that. And then I had fun. And then I realized after that, bless you. Uh, and then after that, I said, actually, I did kind of want love. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I needed that. I had a delayed adolescence. That's what I'm saying. So mm -hmm. when I was a, when I was a kid, long story short, uh, my mom. I said like she worked three jobs to pay for me and my brother's food, life, whatever. Right. And she was a single mom, not receiving child support. And so I raised my brother, okay. and I took care of life. And so I was really an adult as a kid, okay. and I was kind of an adult as a teenager when my mom passed yeah, yeah, away. Yeah. I took care of my brothers. And so the thing is, I think no matter what in life. You're going to have childhood, adolescence, and adulthood, but it may not come in that order. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And I so I yeah, totally. ended up having this adulthood very early, bless you, and then I ended up having an extended adolescence, yeah. and it was very unclear what love... I didn't really understand necessarily the difference between love and lust and all those different things. Right. I didn't really know what that meant. No, I got you. And then I got to New York, and then I had all these amazing experiences. Yeah. I mean, amazing in the sense, like, just like going out and dancing and running through the night and yeah, no, watching sure. the sun rise. And, yep, yep. Everything um, I've been doing since I've been here. Exactly. I can't sleep really that much here, I, I've noticed. Like, I mean, I want to do... Like, I, this town definitely... I mean, this is a... 
the reason why I'm doing the podcast is like I wanted to get to a point where I can own a place in Gainesville and own a place here so I can travel and do stuff. It's honestly the best thing. Oh, you know, I, like, my husband and I now own a place here. Yeah, so, I see Jersey City. Yeah, That's, and I'm so, thank you. Yeah, we have a two bedroom. We're five minutes away from Manhattan. It's yeah. fantastic. Awesome. You know? And we, but this is what I'm saying. So, like, you were, I've got to tell you, with my when I met my husband, about six months before I met my husband, I was like, yeah, I'm done with this thing that I'm doing. And um, just, yeah, yeah, I'm done. I'm done with it. Don't have fucking having fun. I'm going to get married. I I said I was done being kind of ridiculous. I think I I made out with two Italian guys in a row that were friends, and I said, this is is getting gross. And let me be be honest. My gynecologist and I high-fived when I had no diseases. That's good. Good job, Mike. Mine did, too. I know. You're a gynecologist. I love And Something's wrong here. There's something in the way. <laughs> yeah. Hey, somebody always tell me how to put You have a penis. You should not be no, here. It's an extended You should person. not be here. It's it's inside out. <laughs> but yeah, so when I when I met Bobby, he was somebody that was he challenged me. He right. was an artist. We got along right away. We make each other laugh yeah. a lot. And he was somebody that I was like, okay. This is somebody that I want to be in a monogamous so relationship with. So it started making, with. like, the, 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 then that's when you, the adult relationship stuff kind of hit you, and you're like, I see what this means now. Yeah, I was ready for it then. Okay. I mean, to me, to think that I was ready for it in my 20s is absurd. I mean, you're banging. No, yeah, I mean, exactly. And the thing is, and I'm, and I'm okay with having thought that that's yeah. part of being youthful. Yeah, okay? totally. But at the same time, I realize now I was ready because I met... That, it's a great responsibility to be married to somebody because you're holding their feelings yeah. and your palm and your heart. They're doing the same. Yes. There's a vulnerability there. You gotta be fucking honest as shit. Yeah, you gotta be honest as fuck, you know? Yeah. And so I realized... tell them all your... Like, show them how... You know, like... be, be like, me. I got fucked up shit. Yeah, this is myself. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Exactly, 100%. And yeah. so... But I was ready for that. Yeah. He was ready for that. We make each other laugh. We have a great time. Uh, I think he is totally happy. Yeah. He nice. thinks I'm not so bad. That's and nice. so we have a great time. And yeah. also, I realized artistically that we were each other's match. Okay. Not soulmates in that sense because he'll be writing in the living room. Yeah. I'll be writing uh, in, in the room. And right. we're both working on our own projects. We both read each other's projects. And in that okay. sense that we're pushing each yeah. other artistically. Right. My husband had never done an acting class in his life. And one night he was being wonderfully dramatic, and I said, "You should take an acting class. I think you'd yeah. really get." And by the way, he loves it. Yeah. And I said, "Because I go, babe, you're you are a creative person. A creative person can explore all aspects of creativity. Yes, they can. Music, yes. writing, and this. There's no mm-hmm. limit. No, to there it, isn't. You know? That's what I know. Yeah, getting older, I know that that's the thing. Like doing this, being in a play, you know, like." The, the, those people have asked me to come back and do another one. They like, come try out for some other Amazing. stuff. Amazing. I was like, make it a comedy this time. I don't want to hang anybody. That was that a fucking was bummer. Harder. Oh, dude. Okay, check this shit out. You yeah, totally. Try? Okay. Yeah. So I'm, we're trying out, and this is like the first, we do the first reading for yeah. 12 Years a Slave. Okay, yeah. right? Yeah. In Gainesville, Florida. Yeah. But uh, the young, the woman that runs it, her name's Rhonda Wilson. Yeah. It's called the Actors Warehouse. She's gotten so many awards. She's come up here. She watched oh, the Color Purple. She's, they're actually up here this week with yeah. her and some other young actors from the studio. They're, they come up here to watch the Color Purple Amazing. and do all that stuff. Amazing. She's won awards. Yeah. So she's, and she's been teaching. She's a teacher, too. Amazing. So yeah. it's like she don't sleep. She's yeah. teaching and yeah. acting and yeah. getting shit going, right? Mm-hmm. 
Dude, I, like the first the first day we get there, you know, all the characters there, all the actors, and we're reading our parts. And I'm going through the lines, you know, and I skip the I skip the expletives. And Rhonda's like, Jay, you kind of have to do know, all of it. And I swear to you, I looked at every black person in the room. I was like, I don't say shit until I ask for permission. Permission yeah, first. Totally, yeah. And all of them are like, they all loved it. Oh, they're like, oh, that's great. they're like, yes. Yes, that's you know, amazing. And I was like, thank you. I that's was like, amazing. Yeah, because I mean, like, that was the. It's a tough experience. It is. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like that that word growing up to me was used in such it's a negative loaded. way towards yeah. other people, but it was yeah. also used towards me. Yeah. 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 In a very negative way mm-hmm. growing up, and a lot of I don't think a lot of people. Yeah. I make hick jokes, and I make I make that stuff. I make up funny stuff like that, but I mean, it's like ever since I was a child kindergarten the yeah. first girl that walked up to me who said I was going to be her boyfriend was a black girl because yeah. she said your daddy your grandfather's black yeah. you know like yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean and that's yeah. how it's always been for mm-hmm. me and when I always had this strong connection with all these other people growing up and then going home and listening the negative side of what these people thought of these people yeah and then my family also making a connection between me and that culture through my hair yeah. and uh-huh. all that stuff mm-hmm. and then them saying that stuff it yeah. really had a, a really fucked up effect on me of course yeah like yeah. I mean technically I'm what would be considered in slavery times as a pecker wolf yeah you know? yeah and, yeah you know yeah. like mm-hmm. that's poor white kid is probably mixed yeah exactly you yeah. know mm-hmm. like doesn't have a daddy yeah mm-hmm. and I didn't so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes sense no, it's amazing. But, no, but, but you know what I mean? Like 100%, it's, it's yeah. So, so I enjoyed it. It was such an amazing thing. You said you've been writing stuff. Uh, well, how many, How many? what have you written? Um, so when I, in New York, uh, during the recession, the great recession, recession yes. I had already been writing for a bunch of blogs in New York while I was working at Columbia Artist Management, and I began some traction. I was getting paid to do it. It was very great. I was reviewing nightclubs. I was writing essays. And um, then I was doing interviews. I was writing the copy of a interview KRS One and Farrah Monch and all, all these hip hop stars. And you mean my 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 gods? Yeah. You know how much you know how much care I would. I mean I, I would not say this to care. Never. Mind. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Look at you can watch my video. <laughs> I'll send it. So like yeah. to me, I, I mean I, this is this is this is what's so funny. I mean I most. <laughs> This is this is who I watch on this is who I watch on YouTube. Louis Farrakhan, the Black Israelites. Nice. Those dudes are the shit. Yeah. <laughs> nice. They're, those are the, I love. I watch every one of the dude. It, oh, I love them. Oh my god, I, yeah. You yeah. know, like uh, that's my shit. You yeah. know, like that's 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 why I love New York. You mm-hmm. know, like because all the stuff that I love about New York, yeah. and the people that I love that are part of the city are the most. As a kid from the South, I don't think a lot of people are saying, like, they, they hold so much uh, intellectual, historical, very important information yeah. that a lot of Americans don't take the time to listen to or hear, yeah. and the biggest part of it comes from the true artistry of man and positive mental attitude, that was, which is what KRS always talks about and what the hip-hop scene is really about and why it made such a, a big impact is because it was all art. Yeah. It was all art created. You were able to, uh, even though you came from a poor area, you could learn a skill in this art world of hip-hop. You could be a DJ, a rapper, 
yeah. uh, uh, b-boy you know and, and do all this stuff and make money and pull yourself out of the system yeah and and, and as a poor white kid in florida when I got those first two albums that I got, I remember 1983, mm -hmm. the, right after the summer of 1983, my buddy came from California, one came from California, one came from New York, and I got a punk rock tape and a hip hop tape. Nice. Like, practically within the same week. Yeah. And when I played them both, I was like, holy, f I mean, like, my nipples are hard just thinking about <laughs> yeah. it. Nice. Now. Yeah. The, the reaction. It's true, no, I feel it. I feel it. I feel it, right? it's true. Cut yeah. <laughs> I got a little dime baby <laughs> And men, just in case you're curious why you have nipples, it's to remind you that you were a woman first. There you go. All there right, you go. So I love it. I love it. Uh, but yeah, but, I, but I, the, I, you know what I mean. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and, and the art, the artistry, and that had a big impact on me. And and to watch, and the reason why I did this tour was to come up here and 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 run in and reconnect with my old friends that are doing exactly what I myself have always wanted to do. And I live vicariously through you guys, but now I'm not too. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm doing what Good. It, I, I love that. anxiety bullshit. You I know? love it. And, and, and I'm doing it, and and, I, and I'm coming out here, and and if and it this is the biggest thing. I want to. We're getting towards the end here, but this yeah. is never going to be the last time we're doing this. I like this, it. Like it. My, my podcast is it's it's like we're going to do this again. I love it. I, I'm always it's going to be a revisiting yeah. thing. It's yeah. never we're never going to say goodbye. Yeah. Of, of how I, yeah. I, I want to take a moment. I had a great conversation with you. I have to get back into Brooklyn to do another interview today. Nice. So, but the reason why I, I I called the people that I called and wanted to talk to the people and interview the people that I did is because uh, the love and respect that I've always had for you. Oh, thank uh, you. And how much I looked up to you, even though you were younger than I was. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and how much, I don't, you know, and how much you're, just me watching you from peripheral and watching your artistry grow as you've grown ha has helped me as a person. And, and, and Thank you. Yeah, no, no, I mean, it's like you were always super cool. Uh, you were always uh, very warm, uh, very caring, very loving, and I've always always appreciated that about you. Uh, Thank you. Not very judgy ever. I mean, that was that was another thing that I enjoyed uh, always about being around you. You knew how to laugh. You knew you knew how to have a good time. Uh, you know, and and and, it, it, and it's had an effect on me all these years. I mean, ever. I mean, I I mean, I I do remember the first day we met. You yeah. know, I mean. Your smile, I, I you Aww, know, was very, it, yeah, it was amazing. And, and, and I came here and I wanted to just to thank you for being who you've always been and, and, and doing what you did and having, making the sacrifices that you made in your life as an artist and as a human to get where you are now because if it wasn't for you doing that, I wouldn't be who I am today. Aww, thank you. And um, can I suck your dick a little bit? Yes, a little okay. Bit. <laughs> But, please, and I'm not even giving it all to you. Uh, but no, yeah, I really, I want to say thank you, and and, thank you. and I miss you very much. I miss you too. You know, it's, it's so glad. I'm so happy to see you. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't know why I did this, but this was pretty much a last minute thing, like couple, like a month and a half ago. I just said, fuck it, I'm gonna do it and go on the road and do this, and. Uh, 
and I'm glad that I did, and I'm glad that I had a chance to, you know, come here and do this with you today. Um, is there anything, I mean, this is, this isn't really just about me, this is about you two and me promoting you as an oh, artist. thank you. So you, you right now, I'm giving you as long as you want to promote whatever the fuck you want on the show, and, and, and go and tell everybody what you got going, what you got working, what's coming up, even your man. Oh, thank all you. All types of shit. Just lay it out for them right okay, now. Okay, well, right now I, um... I might be having a play being produced in L.A. right now called uh, Let the Devil Take the Hindmost. It's a play that was so written about... Let the Devil Take the Hymen? No, let, let the Devil Take the Hindmost. Oh, okay. Oh, take it from the Hindmost. Okay. Um, it's uh, written uh, about uh, 1969... I mean, sorry, it's about 19... Yeah, it's about 1969 Washington, D.C. Okay. and uh, the racial issues that were happening at that point, obviously. Okay. Um, and... Um, that was... Nixon was around the Republican it was, like around Nixon's time? It was right after MLK and yeah, yeah, Robert yeah, getting okay, assassinated yeah, 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 and about a black right. woman yeah. and a Latino, white Latino man being married and the differences and the difference of privilege of what oh, they wow. had to experience during that time period. Yeah. Even and in D.C.? Even in D.C., okay. uh, her being a black high school teacher and her That's being right. eminently, uh, having the same education as him, but because of his light skin, he's yeah. able to get a little away with a little bit more than she is. Yeah, 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 you know, totally. and, that, and that frustration of that time period and also that... Her family was uh, the victim of, of a um, of a murder, of a racial oh, wow. murder, okay. of a racial murder. So some of it is based in um, some reality of, of things that happened during that time. Okay. And so right now, um, that might either be being produced in LA or New York. Um, okay. I have actually today I just auditioned. My I was like called back for a PBS show okay. to host uh, about microbrews in New York State. Okay. So stay tuned. Maybe I have it. Maybe I don't. I don't know. But that was fun. Okay, and PBS. Exactly. And um, right now uh, I just finished. Our That's for Pub. Public broadcast socialist. Exactly, exactly. Actually, <laughs> pretty close, right? And I just finished a, a play right now called The Delusional Mrs. Pip, and it's okay. about our oh, current cool. political climate. And uh, from, is it is it is it is it from uh, I'm imagining from a woman's perspective in the climate? It or is. is it it a, is. It's about a, a mother, uh, a mother-in-law and her daughter-in-law that have two divergent political views. Oh, wow. and, uh, um, she's a conservative. The other one, the daughter-in-law, is very okay. liberal. She's a school teacher. I'm really obsessed with school teachers because I think that they um, are so underrated in our society and they're the ones that really are at the forefront. They get fucked. The, um, the, no, the Devil Take the High Most was, uh, was about school teachers as well. Okay. And so there's actually a trilogy of, of writing about oh, wow. school teachers. And so this one, um, you know, I wanted to write about all these conspiracies that people always have about the government. That people go brush aside. But some that are really true, like yeah. with the, as far as our CIA um, involvement with, with Latin American countries right. and trying to eradicate communism for our own. the Black Panther group for uh, doing all the good things they were exactly, doing for Exactly, exactly. On and on. And, and make know, them look bad? Exactly. <laughs> you know, these things that we should um, kind of be talking about but are also surprising because I think sometimes we're always surprised with how ridiculous things are, right. it's it, it, sometimes no. it's sometimes people can't believe it because of how ridiculous. And yeah. So this one's actually a comedy. The last one was a drama. This one's a comedy because I wonder about how funny it is that yeah. we have our government overreaching in, in these international yeah, yeah, yeah. things. Putting our shit in other people's shit. Exactly. Putting our peanut butter in other people's chocolate. Absolutely. You nobody know, asked well, for a Reese's peanut butter. Chocolate. Exactly. A hundred percent. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, you know, last thing I'll say is one of the reasons why I love theater so much yeah. is because it is, to me, it's very punk rock because it's one of those things where you can just write it. 
yep. set it in a place with little to no props with your actors and get it done. Right. You don't need a lot of money to do it. You don't need a lot of money to produce it. And you can put all your ideas out there. Yeah. So it's something that um, my my first home was in theater, okay. and I'm glad that I came back to my home really, which is theater. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So uh, just one more question for yeah. you. If, um, if there are any, if there are any people that say that live in Florida or anywhere else, yep. uh, and like say grew up in a town like Sarasota, and are thinking about moving to New York and have a very strong artistic uh, gravitational pull to this city, yeah. Uh, what, what from you being here? In the time that you have, what what would be like your one bit of advice uh, to give somebody if they were to come here to, to start their artistic career? I would say that no matter how gentrified New York has gotten, no matter how expensive it's gotten here, there's still very much beautiful energy and diversity here. And that all you need to do is find your own group of people, your right. little niche here. Yeah. New York might seem like a big city, but really it's little small towns that are all connected to each other. And so I wouldn't be intimidated by that. I think what's beautiful about New York here is that there's still extraordinary opportunity here. Yeah. Not only to explore for yourself, but also to start yourself. I mean, you can start your own theater here. Yeah, you can totally, start right, your right. own thing here, and people would flock to it. And um, there is, and for people that might be exhausted with the day in and day out aspects of um, sexism or racism, you get kind of a break from it here. I mean, right. really, that's why I'm here. It's a little bit of a protective bubble environment, yeah. which is strange, but it also lets me flourish as just being me. Okay. And that's why I live here. So um, I think that no matter what, I mean, listen, my husband works two times a week. I work two times a week. Yeah. We own our own two-bedroom apartment yeah, yeah, yeah. here. It's possible, it's possible to do anything. You here. can just you just have to do it. You have to find if this works for you. Now I know lots of people that flourish in small towns, and it makes bless you. It makes total sense. Yeah. But also there are lots of small towns here as well. There's lots of groups of people. The most beautiful thing is that our little groups bump up on each other, yeah. and that we can be supportive of each other. And uh, some of those amazing. And the funny thing is, it's like just being in a small little town. I'll, I'll meet the most extraordinary people that are cab drivers, and the next thing I'll have dinner with Calvin Klein, which is true. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's like you you have these extraordinary experiences here that you may not have necessarily right. anywhere else. I mean, yeah. that is one of the draws to me about New York. There's something very romantic here. It's not for everybody. Yeah. But if somebody was at all interested in it, I know they wouldn't regret at least living a few years here. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, my advice would be just do it. Okay. You know, have um, fun with if it. If anybody was interested in, say, maybe um, getting in touch with you, maybe to have you do some acting or try out for a role or... Maybe they want to look at some stuff that you're writing. Is there uh, a place that they could get a hold of you? At? Literally, MayaContreras.com. MayaContreras.com. My, okay. my name. That's you actually that? how I got my audition today. Was they went to so my website? Go. That's what it's, it's hilarious. All about. So awesome. Yeah. Well, again, Maya. Holy shit. Um, so good to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, folks out there, you know, you know how to get uh, how to get the show. It's on SoundCloud, iTunes. Uh, I can't put all my shows. I'm trying to put some stuff up on Mixcloud, but 
it's like pseudo DJ, so they don't let you put up so much fucking KB, whatever that is. Uh, I'm not technical. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Pinterest, Tumblr, Snapchat, uh, iTunes, uh, powerwithpops.com, um, as well as Instagram. Uh, hopefully, video will be coming up soon. I'm actually trying to do also as well, like uh, a live video podcast uh, with that gentleman I was talking about, Bobby Brown. Yeah. We want to call it the B&J Show. I like it. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what happens. He's he's into That's it. Dirty. I know. That's <laughs> <laughs> what's so good about it. And he's Philippine. Oh, I love it. <laughs> he's got a mustache. He's, <laughs> he's like, he's not as cute as Donnie Yen, but he's cute. Yeah. Donnie Yen's like my Japanese, like the martial artist. Oh, like yeah. Hit man, hit man, yeah. That guy. Uh-huh. Holy shit. My Tense. wife's like, your boyfriend's on the television. <laughs> And your nipples got that dude. Nipples got hard oh, again. Always. <laughs> well, you know, you, you sword fight a lot when you're a kid. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, so, no, again, thank you so much. Congratulations on the marriage. Thank you. Uh, I'm so glad that you found what you found. Uh, you you uh, you seem ex- exceptionally happy, and I you am. seem like well, you you feel it seems like you're you're grounded in the place where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, congrats on the new place in Jersey City. Thank you. As a homeowner uh, who would rather rent, you're a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> I'd rather so much shit and rent. Make it somebody else's I'm problem. just saying. I know. No, I'm, but no, congratulations. Owning you. your home is always a cool and thing. And also my sure. mortgage PS is half of what my rent was in Brooklyn. See, there you go. So folks, don't, you know, if you need a place to live, but just don't tell everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just don't tell everybody. Exactly. And again, we're coming from the Ace Hotel. Yeah, in Manhattan proper. In Manhattan proper. We're right by Koreatown. Okay, right on. Yeah, My two people. blocks from. Two blocks from. Sweet. So again, thank you. Thank you, Ace Hotel, for your nice establishment. You're welcome. And, uh, you know, um, folks, I'll be seeing you. I got another interview I'm doing this evening with Andy Perez. At his tattoo parlor, nice. an ex-bandmate of mine. Uh, so, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, this stuff will be up hopefully next week. And uh, look out for it. And again, my name is Pops, and this has been a powwow with Pops. And you all take care. Uh, watch out for one another. Please take care, and peace.